Hello and welcome to Everyday in New Nidia, a podcast where two miserable gits complain about just about everything. My name's Lee and... My name is Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you! I'm not entirely sure who that is. I'm hoping it's a cat. And nothing more Um, toward. Yeah, and that's my cat. Will the cat feature regularly or (laughs) have you not told me about this because it wasn't in the contract? (laughs) Uh, The cat has just decided to wake up and... Look for oh, good. me. Um, okay. So, sorry about Wait, that. Wait, uh, yeah. I hope you fed it and everything. I'm not going to call the RSPCA, am I? No, no, no. You're this right. early into the podcast. <laughs> no, she's literally just sat up and been like, what's going on? Anyway, uh, so what are we going to talk about today, Pete? Uh, well, I saw a an excellent story, uh, I think it was yesterday, day before, about in the Daily Mail, where else? About... Um, robots that will possibly steal 15 million jobs in the UK. Right. Obviously, it's impossible for anyone to steal a job, let alone a robot or a human. But according (laughs) to Daily Mail, it is. There was no word whether these are going to be Polish robots (laughs) or East Asian robots. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, it could be the, uh, the end of civilization as we know it in the sense that we would all get to just sit around doing nothing and the robots would be doing all the work. But for the Daily Mail, that obviously is a troubling idea. Well, I mean, I think that is that can be troubling in some sense. Um, I mean, you know, there's sort of several aspects to it, to, to this, why it could be troubling. I mean, from the idea that you have um, displacement of workers. Um, and, you know, I mean, let's face it, like, in the world we live in, it's uh, it's capitalist, and you know we're required to work and um, you know use our labor uh, yeah. to uh, to gain uh, financial reward, and we spend this uh, uh, financial reward on all these products and so on, and you know this is a continual cycle. Um, but uh, nobody seems well, to be con- chaser. Well, yeah, but I mean, so nobody what about the sex robot. <laughs> Well, hold on, hold we, before on. <laughs> we start recording this, you said to me, you know, do you want to talk about the sex robot? Well, it just seems Which, like it's... Know, I don't uh, like the inference that that's the aspect of the story I'd be interested in. It, it seems that that's the most important important part. No, but I mean, like, before we get into that, I mean, yeah, there is a general, there is an issue, and it's, you know, it's an ongoing issue um, that I would say has been fairly um, important in the last 30 odd years, that jobs are not necessarily just being outsourced overseas, yeah. but they're being outsourced overseas to be run by much cheaper workers. Yeah. Um, and so, is that, is that is that a euphemism for robots? I thought you were going to say they've been they've been outsourced to robots. Well, that's I mean, not, well, that's okay, not a so, nice way to speak to Chinese people. <laughs> no, okay. So if if a factory goes overseas, right? Yeah. I mean, there's still got to be someone working in a factory, but a lot of the, you know, the manufacturing process is not really done by people anymore. I mean, yeah, sure, okay. there is probably a Chinese child working in a Foxconn factory still yeah. pushing a button, but... Yeah, um, they've got tiny hands. Cause yeah. I, I mean, actually, we're both reading the book at the moment, uh, Four Futures, I can't remember the author's name. Yeah. yeah Four possible remember. scenarios for the future in terms of uh, with automation and climate destruction. Yeah. One could be, you know, communist abundance, where everyone's just laying around in repose all day in hammocks. Uh, I mean, in my mind, we're all hammocked up, sitting in the sun, writing poetry, whatever. And I thought you don't like the sun. 
Um, it depends what kind of sun. Let's not go down that road because <laughs> that could be. I mean, if it's if it's a balmy spring day in the in the southeast of England, that's good sun. Bad sun is a Dubai, just Dubai. I don't have to carry on. But anyway, <laughs> and or there's like socialism but scarcity, and then the other one was like what was it, rentism and rentism, hierarchy, yeah. but yeah. like uh, abundance but uh, rentism and blah blah. So um, I can't remember what the point was. But the yeah, I don't know what I was gonna say. Yeah, right, so there's a book that's available from uh, you know Verso Books. Go um, buy it when you can. No, I mean I think that that, that like that is there is an there is a, a discussion that needs to be had. I mean, if you look at sort of the rise of uh, you know Farage and Brexit and Trump and all that kind of stuff, there is this general idea that um, you know there is someone else to blame for yeah, the of lack of jobs, particularly in manufacturing sectors. Yeah. Um, and nobody's really having an honest conversation about the fact that, um, partic- you know, that for, for companies, for, for big industrial companies, the fiduciary responsibility is to maximize profit. And yeah. if that comes at a cost of, um, you know, laying off workers, and moving to uh, more automated machinery, then they're not really going to complain. They're like, well, we're going to reap all the, the rewards. Yeah, now, you course. could argue that the the consequence of that is that there are less people to buy the products and therefore, mm-hmm. um, you know, you'll end up in a sort of inflationary spiral, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, you could imagine the system, and I think, you know, this is what the book is talking about, is that... Um, you can imagine that there are enough jobs to keep enough people in yeah. check. So and there's, then, there's not a sort of general insurrection or collapsing yeah, yeah, exactly, sort of yeah. capitalist society. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, and I think that's a big issue. So, yeah, when you get this idea that, I mean, t- the audacity of a, a right-wing paper like the Daily Mail to be accusing not only like all the Asians and the, the yeah. Romanians and all that kind of stuff for, for stealing jobs, now the robots are stealing jobs without really considering the fact that... Um, these jobs are going anyway, you know, it's... You well, also, to... it's not even, you know, it, just to the baseline thing, you know, stealing a job is impossible, whether it's a human or not, well, yeah, but in the sense yeah. of, you know, a manager or owner of a company decides to employ cheap Eastern European labour over, you know, someone from the UK and sort of obviously the expenses and yeah, everything yeah. of living in the UK. So, I mean, that's that's the first thing. But, like, um, I think it's also just confusing in the sense of... Um, you know, if you have automation in the future, and then who, if you can do things like start printing products at home, yeah, if you get the schematics of a, I don't know, a printer, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> use that software and whatever materials it is required to print that, you can obviously, you yeah, know, that intellectual, a lot of these things are just based on intellectual property right now, yeah. and that's the thing standing in the way. Yeah. of uh yeah people just have like being able to experience abundance even just on a basic consumer level yeah. so if you sort of want to be out of you know print a, a chair or something you'll be able to do that and actually whether it's a robot or a human producing the product that actually won't even be required yeah but i mean so, you... so i'm not even sure what happens if you know you get a load of robots so you do have robots taking you know millions of jobs it's like well, what are they producing or why are they producing certain things as well when yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I think this is this is um, like a common 
problem in, in multiple industries. I mean, there, there becomes like a, um, a distribution problem. You know, I mean, if you consider all the food that's made in the world, there's enough food for there to yeah, be yeah, no yeah. poverty Take and food, like food uh, yeah. problems for everybody in the world. But, you know, there's a distribution problem. And then, you know, there's the financial problem, you know, like why would companies want to give up the profits to produce food? Now, you could argue then what's the point of producing anything, but you have to take into account, you know, people have always produced things. It's sort of like if you had no job and the robots mm -hmm. did everything, you yeah. know, what's, why would you do anything? You just sit on your ass and it becomes like um, that Disney movie, um, Wall-E. You know, oh, everybody yeah. gets fat and lazy and, yeah. um, you know, I assume dies of heart disease or unless yeah. there's tiny robots clearing arteries. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's not, that's not living, you know, nobody, you know, you could, you could probably do that for about six months and then yeah, that shit gets boring, you know, yeah. like, I, you know, it's like if, um, uh, you know, if you're unemployed, for example, you know, you, you get into a spiral of like misery because yeah. you're not doing anything. Yeah, so the first, like, you know, if, if you've been employed and then the first month or two off, that's amazing. Mm. Yeah, you know, if you've lost a job or left a job, yeah. you're like, oh, this is great. You know, I've got time to sort of catch up on sleep and the reading I, you know, waste that I do, but then don't. And then after that, you know, it becomes, like, actually psychologically damaging. Yeah. I mean, what I would say with the, the, the automation thing is also that it's a major problem now uh, in the UK economy is that productivity is so low. Mm. <clears throat> I think it takes 30% longer for a British worker to do what a German worker does in an hour. Yeah. Um, and so, but with, with automation, there's this thing where you've got possibly kind of the, the possibility of kind of superabundance and overabundance almost mm. within like very narrow uh, climactic restraints and resource restraints. Yeah. So... Yeah, so if it's high productivity because obviously a robot never needs to sleep and it's just pushing out. A lot of it will be just consumer drivel. Yeah, yeah if you think about it, if you get, yeah, all the factory workers at, you know, the Apple plants, whatever, just go. Um, and then there's all replaced by robots and things. Well, you know, they're not producing anything that's actually like of, of needed. So, yeah, socially, in a way, well, is in a sense, but, you know, we obviously, we do need a smartphone nowadays to operate in kind of, you know, contemporary society to yeah. a large extent, to general communication stuff and the speed to be on the same kind of, you know, uh, temporal level as everyone else. Yeah. But I don't know, it's, um, yeah, what we're going to do with all these products, but, yeah, the productivity will be through the roof, but there's just, we can't, I don't think we can even consume, like, if everyone could just sit at home, and uh, these things being produced at record breakneck speed, well, yeah, like we can't even use it. Yeah, can't even use the things. Um, and it's kind of like it's this the usual thing of like n lack of overall planning in capitalist societies and econ uh, economies, mm. where this stuff is developing, but with no actual sort of rhyme and reason in the long term. Mm. So we don't even know where we're going. So you just have more and more junk created uh, f from fewer and fewer resources causing more and more damage, you know, like at either end, um, you know, whether it's socially, environmentally, and it's, it's, that's the problem. There's just total lack of oversight and planning. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, you know, going back to what you were saying about productivity, I mean, I was reading the other day that there's – I can't remember what it was. There's some statistic about productivity in the U.S. has gone up while the number of jobs oh, yeah. has decreased. 
The number and of what, sorry? The number of jobs has decreased. Okay. And and that is a, obviously, a, you know, bringing this all back to automation, you know, that is a consequence of automation. It takes less people to do the same amount of work, if not more. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and um, it's something like, what well, is, we were talking about this maybe last week or the week before, that, like, if wages had moved in line with inflation from the 1980s, the average wage in the UK would be something like £80,000. A, uh, a oh yeah, yeah. That, that was actually a statistic that I read wrong. Oh right, <laughs> <laughs> wrongly. Never it was actually. I, I think I read it wrongly. It was um, if it kept in. Wait, it wasn't in line with inflation. It was in line with uh, house prices. The average house ah, price. right. Okay. Wow. Which is a slightly skewed statistic that I kind of looked back on and thought, why the hell would you give that? I suppose it's making the point that obviously a major human need is housing. Mm. And so like, yeah, wages should stay in line with that or the housing like costs are kept down, but it's a bit of a stupid, but anyway, yeah. All right. But I mean, but okay. So, but But well, they'd be way higher than now, obviously. I mean, that's, you know, but I mean like, uh, you know, house prices are an indicator of inflation anyway. Yeah, that's true. Um, So, I mean, I mean, yeah, okay. It's not a direct, you can't, you know, Use them as a direct comparison, but I think it's it's a, it's still a valid uh, indicator of that there are wages, the weight that wages have generally not increased, while yeah. everything else has got progressively more expensive. Yeah. Um, and you I know, mean, and I mean, and so, there's no real reason for it. You know, it's, every time, um, for example, on um, there's a there's a website called iFixit, and they okay. basically get all these products like technology products and stuff, and they tear them apart. And they tell you how easy it is to fix them. And then as a consequence of that, you can also look at how much individual parts cost. Um, I see. And, and so, you know, you sort of think, well, if, you, if it costs this much to put together the product and then you do it at scale, mm-hmm. um, then it's obviously going to be cheaper. And then, okay, yeah. you, can, you can factor in, you know, paying wages, uh, paying taxes or not paying taxes or, yeah. um, um, uh, you know, like uh, building factories and stuff like that, you know, this sort of investment capital that goes into yeah, the manufacturing yeah. process, that still ends up paying for itself in a very, very okay. short space of time. Yeah, um, okay. There, so there, there is no sort of real reason that once uh, um, you've paid off all of the, uh, the, this, the capital costs of, building and you know designing building and product you know and then you move on through automation and so on and so forth that you know the the prices of products are generally very consistent even though um uh you know the the actual cost of making a product more often than not actually decreases i mean this is going back to sort of the labor theory of value you know more than 100 years ago obviously it's slightly more complicated um Mm -hmm due to automation but like this the same point still stands is that you know workers will still have the fruits of their labor uh taken by the owners of production and so on and i think that you know and i think that there's that is becoming an increasingly larger problem and i mean what's interesting uh with the four futures book is that you know it, it does present these four possible futures and, you know, I'd love to believe in, like, this sort of abundant, very equal society where mm-hmm. essentially everything is automated. And, you know, you, cannot, you can argue that people will be free to, um, uh, you know, pursue... Do as they please, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pursue worthwhile activities. You know, this idea that with abundance, that means we, we become less hungry for in, uh, to, 
to improve ourselves or to innovate. Yeah. Or, but I mean, I think that's a load of nonsense because you know people will always be infinitely curious about things and yeah, want yeah. to understand. Well, if you believe that, you're basically saying that uh, you believe there's the you know CBS, yeah, that. Uh, the only reason people get out of bed in the morning, whether it's you know a tech billionaire or anyone else, is because they want to go out and make money mm. and be entrepreneurial. But I mean, if you, but I mean, forget for example, if you took away the concept of money, people would still mm. do these same things, whether yeah. they do them to the same extent. You know, is well, there's socially necessary work, for example, that you know someone is going to have to take out, you know, like the, you know, work in the sewers. Yeah, no, no, for yeah, sure. You have, to, you have to work out how to do that, and you have to go. Okay, do we have a lottery system? No. I mean, the thing we, the thing is, a lot of this sort of stuff is kind of um, there's you know, with no idea of, of where we're going. So even even if things like um, I don't know, if you take out money, but if you're having some form of inheritance still, yeah. you can you can inherit assets. Sure, um, but I mean, and, if you take you know, away assets, so it's going to always be structure. No real so, value, but, so the problem with all this is that if there's a stru- if there's a you know uh, unequal structure and different social structures, which I would personally lean towards thinking there is natural inequality uh, in social structures, even in the sense of just personal power. So, for example, you know, a problem they had with in the sixties of all the kind of commune life. Yeah was that certain personalities were, were you know, more powerful than others. Yeah. It wasn't based on money, yeah. but it might have been based on the ability to, like, when they're having their sort of communal meetings on a weekly or monthly basis, there's two guys that were kind of able to, you know, were like less shy and able to speak over everyone else and kind of be more, you know, uh, you know sort of speak better to the group and then someone else who wasn't like that kind of got railroaded or whatever. So who's so, the one... Who's is it the shy meek one or the strong powerful one that gets sent down to the sewer? Then? Possibly the first. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so I mean, I that's think the as problem. a society, so that's the you're always uh, going to have some sort of even if you have like you know communists, yeah, overabundant, a superabundance in the future or whatever. There's going to be someone who can like talk their way out of something. Uh, someone who can basically uh, all the uh, you know confident or arrogant and strong-willed people. Should just be like lined up and sent down to the possibly is what you're saying. And we, yeah, we sort of um, yeah, possibly, right. but not, but not me. <laughs> not I'm stronger, but just like you know, I, I can sort of talk my way out of a paper bag kind of thing. But um, no, I, you know, and I've seen it in social groups that you know I've been part of or you know known and that sort of thing. Whereas yeah, certain personalities. Be, like become dominant yeah. Um, yeah no no you know and and, I, and I'm not saying that's something like and, I, and possibly that is something that we're socialised to be like because those people in the current society are more likely to succeed so if you have a society where reward isn't based on your sort of ruthlessness or ability to lie or kind of overpower other people that will kind of just socially die out because it would be like well actually you're not very useful to society the people who are useful to society now are those who are like will care for others, mm. even though yeah. they're not doing it for money. They're a carer, and then they get sort of social, you know, social kind of some sort of you know, payback for that. Um, remind so remind like me to um, there's uh, you know um, Private Eye do a podcast. Did you know? That? No, no, no. Uh, I haven't read, read it for ages because I can't get it out here. That will cost you probably about twenty quid. Yeah, well, uh, per per um, copy or yeah. the subscription. <laughs> per I think copy. you could get a subscription. Well, you know, I should be getting the Daily Telegraph daily here, which is 10, 10, 10 francs a pop. Just to, to be, to anyone listening, I'm in Switzerland. <laughs> not just, 
I'm not just trying to pay for things in France. I'm not in the Congo or something. I don't know what they use Franks. But Congolese Franks or something. Maybe. Um, um, no, um, there's a... Uh, there, I mean, it's it's not run by Ian Hislop. Um, okay. Uh, but he, he's frequently interviewed on it. But there, okay. it's sort of discussions with journalists about sort of articles that appear in the... Uh, in the magazine each week. Um, and there was one about a um, sort of care village called Botton. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um, heard about this, actually. Yeah, because I've read about it a lot in Private Eye, and I wasn't yeah. told... How, how does it work exactly? Yeah, I can't... If you so, basically, it. like, it's, you know, people with, like, uh, disabilities and stuff like that, they, they all live together in a village with the people that care for them. Mm-hmm. And the people that care for them don't get paid, but they get board and food... And okay. stuff like that. And, you know, and there's sort of this 24-hour care going on. And, yes. and I mean, obviously, I I don't know the specifics of the issue. I listened to this a while ago. Um, but the uh, the local trust is trying to move away from this mutually beneficial yeah. relationship to a more organized... Um, uh, not There'll be some company coming in at some yeah, point. Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, yeah, I imagine that's sort of the direction. That, that would be the ultimate end. So yeah. first it'll be like, well, we're not doing it quite like this anymore. Yeah, I mean... In it, the end it'll be like, you know... Uh, but it was a discussion about like getting, you know, instead of having the carers live there, like have like actual workers and, you know, and yeah. they're on, um, you know, schedules and stuff like that. Yeah. So you'd have... Minimum wage, a, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's sort of like the idea that this working community needs to be changed simply mm-hmm. because uh, someone could probably do it cheaper or something like yeah. that. It doesn't fit, you know? Yeah. But, In the wider sort of, you know... But this, yeah, you know, this the sort of quest for efficiency, you know, is it, it can sometimes use this ridiculous hammer approach when, you know, a softly, softly kind of approach would be better. But anyway, before we um, finish up for today... Uh, let's move on to your favourite topic of discussion uh, in recent weeks: the uh, the sex robots. Um, well, to be clear, just because it is possible to slander someone on a podcast, object <laughs> beforehand, my lawyer. Um, you know, John Leibovitz. He told me that if anyone says anything about my sexual proclivities, I need to give him a phone call afterwards. All right, fair but right. no, um, uh, yeah, the sex robot issue uh, is it. Well, I was I was asking on a WhatsApp thread we have uh, with a man who will go unnamed. Hello, hello, fuck you. Um, and I'm gonna have to edit that, that out. That, now. that can be the uh, the uh, what's the tagline in the podcast? Um, uh, I'll bet you'll appreciate. Basically, it. The, the moral implications of you know because obviously if, if robots they're going to be automated workers at some point that will probably before a lot of other things actually and a more yeah, before a lot of socially useful things there'll be sex robots mm. and this has already been mooted in london in geneva i've heard i've read about it that there is a uh, company opening up a blowjob cafe i just read an article i don't know the details so it's not open yet um <laughs> As far as you're aware. Apparently, I'm mean, But you, but you've added um, your name to the mailing list. Anyway, um, and um, there's, uh, but this same company are trying to open up a cafe in London, where obviously prostitution is legal in uh, Switzerland, but it's illegal in the UK, obviously. And so in London, they want to open it with. I mean, they're saying sex robots, but I mean, they don't even exist yet. So God yeah. knows what that means. But it's just the kind of. 
uh, you know, a glimpse into the sort of medium term future in terms of you will have you know, sex workers that aren't human. Yeah. And the moral implication is that is that cheating? If the you know, oh, partner, that's the moral if you're in a monogamous relationship, huh? that's the moral implication. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's all kinds of you know, obviously having robotic sex slaves. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, this and is, also um, means the rest of us. So you know, like there's a good bit Doug Sanhope does where if the economy bottoms out at any given time, if we're not prostitutes, if one isn't a prostitute, they've always got that fallback position yeah. of like if it gets too bad, I can always. Suck a dick or whatever. Yeah. So, so, um, but a prostitute doesn't have that fallback because, yeah, if it gets any worse, the economy, yeah, if it's bad for them, they, they haven't got anything else to fall back on. Yeah. So, with the robot situation, you know, it, that would obviously take what, yeah, that, that there is a, there are a lot of people who are pro sex work and sex workers who are happy with the work they're doing. I know that's quite controversial. A lot of people, are very dead set against that and that yeah. that's not possible, but there are obviously sex workers unions out there and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and that will obviously be a whole area that, you know, is possibly not provided by humans anymore. But it's interesting. Um, this is a, uh, a topic that is being explored in both Westworld and uh, a UK TV program called Humans. Um, okay. But, I mean, there's... A, the. It's not quite as simple as that. There is this idea that, you know, if there are just unfeeling robots designed to uh, satisfy your every woman pleasure, then, you know, going about beating up a robot prostitute, for example. That's true, yeah. um, You know, there there is, you're like stabbing them after you've like Mm -hmm. done dirty, filthy things to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, like, okay, so in these TV programs, both these programs deal with the idea of like... um, artificial intelligence and you know the 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 idea of consciousness um in a in the robot you know at what point do they have rights what point yeah. can, do you, how do you respect them and, and so on and i think that's a interesting discussion we won't go any but do you think that's what i mean i would say that's that's a different issue let's say no no it is a different sex issue robots in terms of they're just machines that do stuff but they're not conscious yeah no no they i might mean, not know that let's say in, in westwood i'm getting the idea i i know i'm not sure though that they don't know that that's what they are yeah maybe so if that's great but so obviously consciousness is different yeah. but i think even even if we're just talking about yeah an unthinking machine that operates and does certain things no i mean like i i'm just working to i'm aware that they're um they're separate issues but it's yeah. interesting that that is uh, the yes, way bigger. people like explore the idea of it is that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know it's it, it you already take for granted the idea that if That's you could de- de- design yeah, 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 uh, yeah. sex robots that people would naturally gravitate towards them. Well, the um, first thing is one on that. The first thing on that is one as a society will think more about the possibility of sex robots and the moral implications around that. Mm. than we will about other things. Yeah. Like, let's say, oh, you know, someone with a disability, they get to have a robot, like, personal sort of helper, butler person. We'll focus straight on the, can I fuck them and hit them around a bit, though? You know, that's the kind of, it's <laughs> worrying. That's, like, the first sort of thing we're talking about. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's kind of, that's that's a bit strange. That that's, like, where we immediately go. Um, but also, I think in terms of, it, even if it's just an unthinking machine working to its own programming, it has major implications for our own, how we relate to ourselves as, you know, humans in the sense of what is it that, you know, like 
is uh, are we kind of assuming that people would fall back to a position of if they could do whatever they want to something, they would. Mm. And the, the thing that's stopping them from doing that is society. Yeah. Laws, whatever, you know, punishment systems, that kind of thing. But if you were shut in a room with a machine that looked like a human, felt like a human, sort of spoke, sound, everything like you, you would just go hell forever. <laughs> and no, no, you would do quite unpleasant things. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Even, and again, even if this is just a machine that doesn't feel anything, it's just running off code, mm. um, and like inputs and outputs kind of thing, but it's not conscious, you know, like, yeah, that, that in that in itself will be interesting. And in how would we then go out into the rest of the world? Yep. Yeah, if, you, if you do, you're doing what you want, what then will you do? How will you relate to other people? But then, I mean, then you get into the idea that, like, you know, the further implication of, like, if you're smashing up a robot, who pays yeah. for the fixing of the smashed up robot? You know, someone owns uh, it. <laughs> well, um, there'll be a company that runs, like, you know. Yeah, sure. But I mean, or, fix uh, them and boot them that's, up. That's, or a, that's a horrible job, you know, washing out some dirty oh, man. Cheesy, bombshell. On that bombshell, I think that's a good place to stop. If you have any comments, we don't have an email address or any sort of social media to contact us on them. So write them down on a <laughs> piece of paper and throw them into the nearest, I don't know, into the sea, a lake, uh, whatever. Just yeah, that's, you know, that's true. But as long as you have that thought, yeah. We can we can all pretend that anyone someone cares, or they could just keep it in mind for when we eventually in, get around. Yeah, together. all that as well. Yeah. That. <laughs> all right. Well, I've been Lee. I've been another man, <laughs> Pete. <laughs> um, and uh, I still am. Uh, you are still are Lee. I will just say. I am. I you. still have. I, I have still, been. You still am Lee. I still. I might. Yeah, I might cut that, this bit out. Right. I'm. I've I've been Lee. I still am Lee, and uh, I've been Pete. I still am Pete. And uh, this is every day a new idea. And thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye.